0: Serious it question for you, Bob. Is your computer sure. a pull start or a push start? I'm just wondering.
1: <laughs> wow, that's why you're in such a hurry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this much, but um, I have little problems getting this show set up started in a timely fashion. My computer just decides that it doesn't like my audio gear every once in a while. Today was one of those days.
0: I just had to give you some crap because yes, like every time Bob's like, hey, I'm going to start the ritual of starting up my my computer. And it's like,
1: what happened? What's going on over there? Is it, did it run out of gas or what's It going just on? decides that it doesn't want to do what I wanted to do sometimes. I guess. It's All right. It's a lovely machine, but whatever. Next quick question for
0: you. Bob, did you take psychology in college? I did not. What? But I- but I play a psychologist on television. You didn't like have to? It wasn't like one of those freshman snooze through classes? Uh,
1: maybe I did. And maybe I snoozed through it. If it was, it was one of those 400 person lecture hall, like psychology 101. Ah, so. yes. So, and since you and I both have children, we've taken the 500 level course of that. So, Thank you for saying that
0: because... Um, I was gonna say we're gonna talk a lot about psychology and mental health today, and neither one of us graduated as a psychology major, but we have degrees in psychology in the school of hard knocks and <laughs> potentially I know I took a psychology like one oh one in college, so does that make me technically college educated in psychology? If you're running if you're a co if you're a host of a podcast then yes, you're totally qualified yes. to cover this. That's <laughs> kind of what I'm getting at here. We are we are definitely probably out of our league here, but we're just going to power through this topic anyway, right?
1: Yep. I think we should just change the name of the show to Two White Dudes Talking About Shit We Have No Reason To Talk About. <laughs> just winging it. <laughs> just winging it. The new pod. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Bar and Kevin Gischewski. Each week, we cover
0: relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show, and our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be
1: sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show.
0: To set the stage for today, um, the genesis of today's pod actually came out of talking to a school teacher um, in December. So, well, a few oh, ago. you
1: didn't give me all this background ahead of time. This is interesting. Okay, and I, I had tried. She, she asked me, "Hey, I heard you do a podcast. Why?" Yes,
0: yes, I do with my friend Bob. Oh, no, that didn't really happen, yes, did it? Yes, it did. Ooh, nice. And I said, well, it's on technology. And first and foremost, it's not safe for work. You're a school teacher. Don't listen to it at work. Okay. You know, disclaimer yeah. right there. And then we start talking about how technology has kind of influenced, you know, there are our children, our current children's generation, even, you know, just the last 20 years of children going all the way back to the year 2000, maybe even a
1: little before that. Can, Can I ask a question about this particular teacher? Yes does this teacher have technology in the classroom like is it a one-to-one classroom i don't know
0: um she is and i I don't want to mention her name but she is actually a teacher in colorado oh very cool yeah and uh so i don't know um i can give you an idea for my kids who are presently in school they each have a chromebook and they can bring it home and
1: they all. So so your kids are in a 1 to 1 tech environment. Yes. Like yep. every student has a device. Yes, so every student has a device. If we're mentioning credentials, even if I don't remember taking psychology 101, I was a school board member when we lived in Illinois up until the last 6 months. So so 6 months ago I sat on school board and we talked about things like technology in the classroom and 1 to 1 device ratios and the impacts technology have on student mental health so 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 we might be better at this than we think we might be so
0: really we got talking about technology and i i, I got the soapbox out and i stood strongly two feet on it and i said <laughs> firmly firmly
1: yeah. in the center of the very exactly. high soapbox
0: <laughs> and i'm like you know technology it's definitely had its influence and we got talking about how Kids are kind of judged these days not by the clothes that they wear necessarily. I mean, that's on the list and by the friends they keep. But the new status symbols of the 2010s now 2020s is what f- smartphone do you have and how many followers do you have on which particular social media account? So that's become like the new gold standard of status symbol for the youth. Have you and did you did you discuss this with the educator as well? Uh, With with the teacher. Yep. We were talking about this. And this really kind of like, you know what, this is a podcast right here because I totally feel that this is, you know, what the mark of social media is making presently still. And it's
1: definitely had its impact. And well, it's not just students too. I mean, we're going to, I think we're going to focus on that a little bit today, but I think you and I both have personal experience with how social media can influence from minute to minute or even longer term impacts of how social media works. Exactly. With our so minds.
0: I've got a huge list of talking points that I hope to not meander a ton, but we probably will. <laughs> um, That's our regular format is meander. And as I bootstrap <laughs> this topic, um, you know, we talk about how the number of followers you have doesn't equate to your self-worth. It shouldn't. But it does in a lot of ways. A lot of people do make that equation. It's like, well, I've only got ten followers, and so and so has got ten thousand followers. Clearly, they're a better person. What am I doing wrong? Right? I mean, the, or they're or they're better at marketing, or they're better at marketing. But does a thirteen-year-old, twenty-year-old? Hey, I'm forty-one. Does a forty-one-year-old understand that? Well, probably better than the thirteen-year-old or whatever. Right?
1: <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I do. And I'm approaching. I the said big better. 5-0. I didn't say perfectly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I had made a comment to you the other day, and this is kind of a spicy one. Um, pornography. A lot of times people say pornography. Oh, that's not like reality. And I would humbly agree and go, yeah, you're right. There's just a lot not happening in the wild, like like what's happening in on this website or whatever. But I would also challenge that television, film, and magazines have been doing that since the dawn of time the cover model who's photoshopped the television show where it's the 40 year old man with the 22 year old, you know, starlet things like that. Right.
1: Well, I think this isn't even very controversial to say is that it's all pornography in some way, shape or form. Just different, just different intensity. Right. Yeah. Or, or just different genre. I mean, it's all. So if we, if we take the, the sexual content out of pornography in back to that quote that you share with me that, you know, it's pornography is not like real life. It is a hyper, I don't know what the word it's. It's like a magnified version of a fantasy in real life. Right. It, so that it's cover over, of the, it's mag- over the top, right? Yeah. So that cover of the magazine that is highly airbrushed and retouched. That's also, hyper fantastical view of what reality is so you know one's just in the realm of pure um carnal sexuality and the other one is you know in an implication of if you could be like this person on this still image of the cover of this magazine you could project that person's happiness onto your life and it's not real happiness anyway but
0: so in a way if we were to go back 30 years, our parents may have the same reaction to television, film, and magazines as you and I probably have right now to social media where it's like, well, all it is is sex, drugs, and rock and roll on that darn television, film, and magazine. And that's kind of what's going on with social media-ish, right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the actual... like, I mean, I would think that somehow you draw the parallel from the stories that you read in the newspaper like how salacious or fantastical or about celebrity dumb, celebrity dumb anyway, about celebrities, <laughs> uh, easy for me to say. So I, I'm trying to figure out that parallel, you know, yes. and maybe it is the newspaper stories about other people reading about other people.
0: It's, it's, uh, the living through others, you know, uh, vicariously, there you go. Vicariously. I was, I was about to say voyeuristic, but that's probably, different
1: (laughs) well actually there's a voyeuristic aspect of this as well so you you want to be you you want your life to be more of like what you see in that person's instagram feed and you're basically being a voyeur you feel like you're being a voyeur looking into some of those people's lives so now
0: that we've kind of set the stage a little bit we're going to talk about mental health in relation to social media and not just with young people we're talking in general just what is its impact And these days, the smartphone is ubiquitous. Uh, The first iPhone, 2007, 2010, in my opinion, when uh, gas got thrown on the sales of smartphones, 4G, LTE. We talked about these kind of things in a previous episode. And so everyone, it feels like, I saw some numbers like in the 90s, has 90-some percent of people, teens and above, have some sort of smart device that's connected. So... We have kind of two flavors of social media users. We have passive users who are just reading. And when you start Twitter and know nothing about it, you sign up and you're a passive user. I don't know how to tweet. Okay, you're a passive user. And
1: then you or you're afraid to tweet something out there for the fear of what happens after that. Right. That might be jumping ahead in the conversation. And then, <laughs> But we, yes, you're, you're very much a lurker at that point. And then afterwards, um, some people
0: graduate to become an active user. And we're going to talk about how active users weaponize social media. And we'll cover that here in a little bit. So there's positives and negatives of social media, Bob. And I made a little list and I thought we could go through some of these. But before I do, I have a question for you.
1: Oh boy, this is my favorite part. All right, it's, what's the it's controversial? E- it's not
0: controversial. <laughs> do you just want to go with the positives or the negatives first? That choose your own adventure here.
1: I think that we should. Wow, it's like how do we want to tell the story? One's short and one's a long chapter. <laughs> so there's well, your. Hint. I think. All right, let's start. Even though this is going to make a sad ending, let let's <laughs> let's start with the positives. Okay. So the
0: positives, and I can absolutely relate to this one, um, small niche groups like marginalized teens. I'm not saying I was a marginalized teen, but people who are in small groups can band together and find support and friendship among each other. I, I met, think the term is kinship. I think I've it's kinship. met you on social media true Is story. that true? Yes, it is. Is that true? You're the creepy guy. I've told this story many times. You're the creepy guy who found out I was going to the same conference as you. And you're like, hey, you're an American going to this European conference. Oh, hey, where are you right. staying? I'm like, creeper. What are you, child molester?
1: I don't even know who you are. I barely know what Twitter is at this point. And you're already asking me where I'm staying? Now, you have to remember, and you have to put this in context, though. I've been going to that conference for three or four years at that point, so I was definitely looking... For I was definitely using social media for that kinship aspect. And I
0: was a, a virgin to social media back then, at least Twitter. And I'm like, oh, my. I mean, seriously, I probably mentioned in my co hey, man, should we be going to this conference? There's a creeper right here.
1: It's <laughs> totally. Uh, you. Is that the one that you went to with Tom? Uh, no,
0: um, it was not. It was a 2013 conference in okay. Copenhagen. So, yeah. So that was definitely that was my third or fourth one. There you go. So, so that's a good thing. You can meet people and have and start a podcast with somebody
1: six years, four years, however oh, many yeah. years later, right? <laughs> a friendship that's almost spanned a decade, sure. Right.
0: So, uh, there's that. Um, it's also a creative outlet, meaning, hey, look what I did. Hey, I made this cool thing. Here it is. And that's really something that the power of social media enables. Hey, I, I am nobody. I have no followers. I made this truly creative thing. Here it is, and then somebody can come along, retweet it, share it, whatever, and suddenly you have a viral tweet, and you are you're doing tattoos on your face, and you call yourself Post Malone, and now you're famous. <laughs> so,
1: you know. So, but in the timeline of social media timelines. Like, where did the creator, like, I feel like the creator aspect of it is, is a relatively late blooming thing. Like somewhere along the line, it was, it was glorified chat. Social media was glorified chat. Then somehow it became, I'm going to take a picture of every single piece of food that I eat for the next 365 days. And then that kind of like exploded into, I'm going to let people that I've never met in my entire life into almost every single moment of my life. Where do, yes. But creator, I feel because like, I came remember, after that.
0: I remember in the early 2010s where the joke was, oh, you're on Twitter, so you take a picture of what you're having for lunch. You know, and that was like the trope for a while. I don't know when it changed where it's, is what it is today but, but I, th- I think what twitter started like 2006 or 7 i don't know that twitter people knew what twitter was for either at that time
1: yeah because it was just 140 characters and nobody knew what to do so one thing
0: it has also done is it enables you to have a micro blog and every tweet you do while searchable and i i really would like to figure out how to search twitter i clearly somebody can sw- uh, search the president's old ones and be like that aged well. Um, I don't know how to do that, but what Twitter uh, also go to
1: Google and say Twitter colon and then whatever your search all is. Right, probably yeah, probably
0: that simple. So I um, I think it's become also a micro blogging platform, for better or for worse, because you, you know once you say it, you basically have a news cycle of how long your tweet is getting bounced around like a ping pong ball, and then it goes into the annals of history at this point. You want to see what
1: Bob said last week, search it. Do you think that that was... So I, I feel like you're saying the microblogging platform is a positive, correct? It
0: can be, but it's also going to be a negative. So I guess it's a net neutral here.
1: Do you think that was prolific or an accurate case when twitter was only 140 characters per tweet um okay so we
0: only switched to the double the amount of characters what in the last couple years three years however many yeah i think it's
1: been less than two i think it's been less than three for sure
0: um maybe not so i think that is one side effect of that because um the the blog that I, i haven't blogged since 2017 because it's just not worth my effort to actually put together paragraphs anymore.
1: Right. And I, I want to put a pin in that one because I think that that's also going to contribute to some of the negative as well. Yeah, Look, totally. looks like 2017.
0: Okay, so about two and some change years ago. Right? Yeah,
1: because I don't think it started. Oh, so November 7th, 2017. Okay. So yeah, it's less than three years. Okay, so we got the
0: creative outlet, uh, microblog, small niche groups, and then marketing. So you can use like HootSuite and stuff like that and get a reach. Uh, you and I did an experiment with like $50 to try to market our Twitter handle, and that $50 was gone within seconds. And it's like
1: going to Vegas. It was pointless. Did um, not
0: move the, the needle at all. And all I learned really was there's this hidden dashboard. Well, it's not really hidden. You just got to pay it and do it. Um, but you can target people by all these creepy demographics, but not as creepy as Facebook's demographics, but it's just like really weird. It's like, wow, you know, all this about all of your users and this is uncomfortable, but I'm doing this in the name of science right here in podcasting. Right.
1: Right. And I mean, brands have utilized those platforms even without paying just to have that voice, the brand voice out in a, you know, they can get followers without having to pay for them. That's that's so. the
0: real win, right? Because I don't know about you, but as soon as I see... You can kind of see the promoted tweet as you scroll, and you're like, I see you. I'm just going to glaze over and go to the next thing. I actively try to not read or interact with a promoted one. Every now and then, though, I'll f- I'll get the troll bug and be like, oh, let me troll this one because this one's just stupid. Yeah, I got to hit this one. And if, if you click on the replies, that's what everyone else does. It seems like I'm promoted tweets. We just troll them.
1: Well, and I... Full disclosure: I've been tricked by promoted tweets too. Like, didn't catch the you know the promoted banner or whatever, and I'm like, wow, that's really interesting that that person saying that about this product. <laughs> so interesting, you say that. Have you noticed Google recently?
0: Before, you used to be able to spot the uh, the promoted uh, results. Now you cannot spot them anymore. Yeah,
1: that's been controversial. Yeah. yeah.
0: So for the lay user, what they've basically done is they took all things that didn't look like an ad and now they all look like an ad. So you really can't tell which is which, which, you know, that's their business model and all that. But, um, well, they all look more like search results now is the problem. Yeah. They're vanilla, whatever it is, they're all vanilla and that's fine. But it's also a kind of an underscore of look, Google is giving you a very tailored result set. This may not be the best result set. So if you open up like a DuckDuckGo, which I've started using, it's definitely not as good in terms of all the little features that Google has. Like you can do like temperature conversion, you can do unit conversions, all right there on the Google uh, page. Can't really do that stuff on DuckDuckGo. But it's, it's just showing you how much money is actually involved in providing you air quotes information. Oh, data is the new oil.
1: Data is the new oil.
0: Okay, before I move on to the negatives, do you have any positives to contribute that we haven't already covered?
1: Well, it's interesting because I think we are kind of taking a timeline approach to this, and we really haven't mentioned like Facebook so much as far as social media and influencing mental health, and we haven't really touched on Instagram either. It seems like it kind of did all start with that weird 140 character app. I mean, Facebook was already very prolific at that point. So let's take a moment. But what changed everything? Um, Or was social media always bad for mental health? I I think we're becoming more aware of,
0: of what social media really is. And I'm going to put a pin in that one too, because I definitely got a segment for that. So On the positives, there are some positives to Facebook. I know it sounds weird coming from me. One positive is well, you
1: should probably explain why it sounds weird coming from you.
0: Well, it sounds weird coming from me because I left Facebook in 2017 and happier for it. Blah blah. 2017. Yes, it was. It was the coincided with us starting this uh, show on YouTube. Wow! Did we start in 2017? We did. Wow, we're old. End of 2017. Um, actually it was right around the time, uh, Twitter went to
1: 280.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, um, I think we even covered that possibly back then. Anyway, so I left Facebook and one positive before I left Facebook was you can find a group for anything. You know, there's the whatever, whatever they're
1: running television commercials about that
0: exact fact lately. I did see that commercial. Um, now my wife's still on Facebook and we're sending one of our kids to space camp. And sure enough, I think she found a Hey are you going to space camp Here's what you want to know group uh, type thing so I I do view that as positive but here's the huge negative for me most of those groups require a Facebook account you know well, yeah if they're on Facebook right. <laughs> Now, I think my church uses Facebook, and I think you can make it public. You just can't join the group, but you can read through like announcements and and stuff like that publicly. Uh, Can you
1: actually read anything on
0: Facebook without logging in? You can. You can set things to public. So remember back, speaking of timeline, early 2012, 2013, they started flirting with having you can follow Bob on Facebook. And it really never took off. And but they also had this, you know, controversial things where, oops, we accidentally made that public and it was supposed to be private. All these people, you know, all right. your account. And so there is a way to make things public. So if you were to visit some people's profiles and they have public things, you can see their images and whatnot. A lot of times unbeknownst to them that it's public because Facebook over time has accidentally air quotes made it default to public and you had to manually go back in there and change it back to private. But I
1: still think that's public within the Facebook realm. Like you can't go to their Facebook page without being logged into Facebook.
0: So if you do an incognito mode or if you just log out of Facebook, you can definitely visit, I think like our church website or did not
1: know that. All right. Very
0: interesting. Learned something new today. So, um, so that that's my positive there, and Instagram, I will give it the old well it, it's it's kind of like the creative person thing, a lot of there's a lot of creative channels and whatnot, but
1: I will talk about Instagram in a bit about how bad it is, right. There's no real community building on Instagram, right? Well, I guess there kinda is. You can do a hashtag and yeah, stories. Instagram's a weird one,
0: all right, so. But that's the positives for me with with those three platforms I mean we can talk about YouTube as well I guess um, oh actually I will talk about you here's what I do like about YouTube so I'm I just uploaded three new videos recently so I'm back on YouTube loosely but I got back from Disney World we drove and my son's car had one of the fenders wheel wells resting on right front tire well Oops. we Yeah. Oops. We discovered his spring just snapped. So it must have been ready to go. Temperature change, whatever. So he can't
1: move his car. I'm going to guess it folded more than it snapped. No, I have pictures. (laughs) It it is in two pieces. Well, yeah, but I don't think it went. bang. gotcha.
0: (laughs) So I'm not a car guy. No, none of it. We're not a car guy family. We are nerd family, creative family. That's what kind of family we are. So what do we do? We call my brother-in-law who is a mechanic and he's like, Oh, here's what you want to do. And he's like, okay, if you, you want to change it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So who, who do we call to tow this? You know, we're just going down there. He's like, no, 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 Go over here to the part, car carport store. Here's what you ask for and change it. And I'm like, dude, I can change tires and I can't even change. I've never changed oil in my life. I can change tires. Okay. And by the end of the day, through the help of YouTube, we had both right, uh, both struts in the front of the car completely replaced on our own. And it yep. was amazing.
1: So YouTube, great how-to resource. without And
0: a doubt. that right there makes me not want to punch YouTube in the face as much. But I do want to punch YouTube in the face often. So that's my positive on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I would tend to agree with that one for sure. Uh, It's a great how-to resource. And I guess if you're looking for entertainment from content creators, that could possibly be a plus as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think the value of YouTube, honestly, is how-to. How to play guitar, how to make this better, how to do that. Um, There are some like YouTube Red or whatever it is, it's their private label stuff. I I really think that's a mistake. For youtube well, I, I yeah they're just trying to
1: become game. a they're just trying to become a cord cutting cable channel so yeah i i just
0: don't see that happening netflix apple all of them hulu they they are that's what they do and it's like ebay trying to become amazon you know it's like hey we're ebay we want to sell brand new things too and we want to be just like amazon yeah, we all see what you're trying to do there. Just just stick to the auctions, guys. Just stick to the auctions. Amazon be Amazon. It's just like if Amazon were to start doing auctions, which maybe one day they would. But sometimes these these uh, companies just stay in their lane. Do what you do. Just, just <laughs> stay in your lane. <laughs> okay. Uh, ready to move on to the not so good of social media?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, there's really, I mean, so we got building community, how to um, sharing art, Potentially, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, those are the marketing, you know, just general. Yeah, you could use building, as a I marketing guess. tool, yeah. sure.
0: All right, so the negative, and this list is quite extensive. So number one, social media, uh, I, I've read a lot of stories. I'm just going to throw out random numbers. Uh, you can, I'm sure you can back this up uh, online if you want to do the searches. But social media increases the amount of anxiety and depression in people in
1: general. And the ways that it happens is if we look at an Instagram. It's not, but not all people, right? No. It it just has the potential to increase that in some people. Right. Um, but a significant amount
0: of people are more likely triggered, if you will, uh, because of social media to be depressed or anxious. And the way that manifests, uh, first and foremost would be fear of missing out, FOMO. Hey, look, look at so-and-so's feed, look at so-and-so's number of followers, look at so-and-so's, uh, whatever. I'm just sitting here at my house or wherever it is that I am currently existing and the fun is not where I'm at. So there's that fear of missing
1: out. Makes sense? It does. But this is one of those things that I have a really hard time wrapping my head around because now... When, I'm sure we're going to get into the bullying part of things and that is kind of like obvious, but like this fear of missing out, it's, you know, it's funny cause you know, it, it this is a, this is a you problem, not a we problem kind of thing. <laughs> right. And I, it, that sounds cold and weirdly applied, but it, it's like, if you are f- having that fear of missing out, I I just I don't come across many channels or even like influencers or any like, you know, where you're made to feel badly. that's correct. This is that's like that. That's not their aim.
0: Well, it's like those uh, medicines on TV. Hey, this will cure whatever, whatever, but it will also probably kill you. (laughs) So it's like these unintended consequences here. Um, So the one that I will challenge you with is fear of missing out, which I believe you've experienced is watching a conference occur without you.
1: Yes. Now I will hundred percent admit to that, but in the same breath, I will hundred percent admit that's on me. Like, yes. I wouldn't want the conference. I wouldn't want the conference goers to, and this is also another interesting aspect because there are people who believe that those people should stop sharing their positive experiences because it's making them feel bad. <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I'm going with
0: this. It's like, wait a second, you're upset that somebody else is having a good time. And the answer is yes, though most people would not admit that. They wouldn't go, well, yeah, they'd be like, no, 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 But I think that's the reality of people trapped in their minds going, look, I'm not there. Oh,
1: they're having so much fun without me. Those bastards. You know, I, I just think that happens. Right. And I'm not saying that that impact isn't real. I just where I struggle personally is how some people can't separate at that point. Like I feel you've done a commendable job at realizing things aren't making you feel the way you want to feel and you disengage from them. But I feel like there's so many people who do not like they're trapped in that cycle.
0: Yeah. Full disclosure. There's people in this world that trigger me. And the only way for me to not get triggered is to recognize it and take away the trigger (laughs) for lack of a better term, take away the trigger. And um, I think we'll talk about mitigation later. Like, how how do we avoid some of these things in a bit? So let's put a pin right there. So there's FOMO. Unless you want to keep going.
1: Well, I just wanted to say, like, what is it about social media that makes it so difficult for us to disengage? Because oh, nope, it's not nope. like you're getting the dopamine hit; you're getting a negative response. Like, why can't you break away okay. from the negative response? Okay,
0: you brought up the word dopamine, so that's that's down my list here of negative. So social media is addictive. And I found this really good article and we'll, we'll include a link and I'm going to read from some of it, but it's a dopamine connection. And I quote, the desire for a hit of dopamine coupled with a failure to gain instant gratification may prompt users to perpetually refresh their social media feeds. What is dangerous about this compulsive use is if gratification is not experienced Users may internalize beliefs that this is due to being unpopular, unfunny, a lack of likes on status may cause negative self-reflection, prompting continual refreshing, et cetera, et cetera. So that I So felt, it is a never ending cycle. Right. So it, it it's beating yourself up. It's I don't live up. And it's this feedback loop of you know starts with, you know, let's be honest. Getting a lot of likes and get a lot of engagement, which is what we all want, gives us that dopamine hit. So I made a uh, tongue in cheek comment that, hey, if the Internet is actually uh, should be on schedule one instead of marijuana, because the Internet (laughs) crosses state lines, it gives us this drug called dopamine and we're all addicted to it and it has
1: no no medicinal use. So that's a very interesting concept, though. Cause it probably is more dangerous than some of the like marijuana being on schedule. Online, right. So. And of course
0: I tweeted that um, as a tongue in cheek thing. I got like almost no interaction. I may got no interaction and I, I'll tell you what, whenever, and I'll just be open book here. Whenever you tweet something, you're like, this is funny. Oh, yeah, this will be the one. This is the tweet. And you send it out and you get nothing. You're like, fuck my life. What is going on? And then somebody posts a picture of a cat and it's got like 1.6 million views of a cat saying hello in a southern voice. It's like, (laughs)
1: what is going on with me? For me personally, I feel like I get what I put out there. So like I'm not very I'm not one to like. Well, I guess I do. I do give the the heart, or the like, or whatever. You know, I guess I'm pretty liberal with it, but I really don't expect much in return. But I think a lot of people don't engage within their echo chamber, but they still expect to get engagement back. I don't know. It's a very I interesting concept. S- I
0: saw a tweet the other day, and it said something to the effect of, "If you are." Providing low quality, and I'm paraphrasing, low quality content such as all you do is saying "ha ha" or a meme, you should get three strikes and then banned from Twitter. <laughs> Did you see that one? No, but I'm curious as to what their logic behind that was. And I'm thinking, you know what? The most there's there's two lower grades of interaction. Number one is do nothing. Number two is hit your stupid heart button. You know, and maybe number three, hitting the retweet That takes almost no effort. So me finding a meme or saying, ha ha, at least I hit, took the more steps. So that's technically more engagement. Anyway, it really bothers me when people um, kind of gatekeep on that sort of thing. You know what? I'll engage how I want to engage.
1: Thank you. Right. But I think that that's probably another topic coming up is like how, because I think that that statement is probably falls in one of those categories along virtue signaling or, you know, authoritative, you know, basically for lack of a better term, mansplaining how social media should be used. Yes.
0: Uh for the record it was a woman.
1: But uh, Oh, right. I was using mansplaining as a generic like, you know No Bob, what did you mean? Tell talking, us that. <laughs> talking down to someone like you have an authoritative high horse and So there's also a lot of passive
0: users who I know see tweets and don't do anything with it. Because I'll have people at work be like, hey, saw that tweet. and But I'm like, I know you didn't engage. I know you didn't like it. But it's funny because you kind of cock your head and go, oh, you kind of look around. You did see that one. Yeah. What'd you think? You know, it's kind of like this. There's this group of people who are on Twitter or whatever, and they see it. It's like the silent majority. Maybe they see it, but they don't interact. And I, think I do that a lot. I uh, full disclosure, I swear your tweets do not make my timeline that often, and I want to
1: know why. (laughs) Well, that's an algorithmic thing, and that's a whole different conversation, and yeah, but I see all yours, so that means I must engage with yours enough that I get to see them. I don't know. I see all of yours, I think. So. But I I would like to quickly loop back, though. Yep. I I thought of another positive. I use social media as a supplement to other forms of entertainment. Such so, as, primary example. Last night during the debates, there's a Democratic debate last night. I use Twitter as a supplement, almost like a, you know, an when you, you have yeah. Well, we have those broadcasts where like the the Twitter stream is going along the bottom or something like that, like a ticker. Oh yeah. I use it. I use it hand in hand because I I like to hear how hear and see how others are reacting to the same content. So it's almost like being at a venue where there's open discussion about it, but it's silent discussion. I don't know, but I do, I use social media a lot as a, a a supplement or a complementary piece of content with another medium. To to piggyback on that
0: for me. So we're both remote workers. And for me, it's an outlet. I I work in a house with no people on a daily basis. So my same, same, my Twitter (laughs) is my stream of conscience it's sometimes my humor uh trying to be funny it's sometimes my i just want to see what other people are saying because i really enjoy like humorous tweets and um there's some people are like oh my god that's so funny that's so true and we'll, we'll get into tweet types later but yeah i can i can totally. it's our water cooler oh yeah totally um okay you ready for the kind of the next thing so we've just covered addictiveness and fomo um Believe it or not, social media encourages eating disorders and body image
1: concerns. And I give you Exhibit A. Oh, and I, call I that, Instagram. that's not a stretch. Yeah, that's not a stretch at all.
0: And this is where that parallel with magazines and movies and television come in because you and I did a weight loss thing. That's another episode. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, so I done. <laughs> losing weight is hard, but it's not as hard as keeping it off. So that we're we, both living. We tell ourselves that. that we're not as good as so and so. And we aren't told directly, hey, you need to lose weight, fat ass. What we do is we get presented with everyone's highlight reels of everyone. Hey, I'm looking good in this bikini or hey, I'm looking good in this, you know, on the beach or or whatever. And then so again, it's like television, movies and uh, film. It's like we're being led to live this fake life. Like the show that really bothers me right now is The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because that's not real life, people. You don't have a single man having 20 women throwing themselves at you with with not even your money. You know, <laughs> it's like it's television studio money getting that limo in this house full of people. It's, it's just not reality. But people are watching it and people are just dying to, to be a part of this thing. And social media helps with it because, like you said, people interact during the debates while people interact during the bachelor hashtag the bachelor, you know? And it's just like, ah, gosh, we're living this fake world, everyone. Why?
1: Yeah. But then how is, how is group watching the bachelor different than group watching the debates?
0: It's not. Okay. What, what I'm saying isn't the group watching, isn't the problem. The problem is, is that we, social media is helping us, um keep this fallacy that we all need to be young, skinny, good looking at all times, you know, that if if you're fat, you're, you're, you're worthless and we, we shame you and things like that. And I think social media helps in the wrong way. It it it's doing all this.
1: Right. But I guess uh, the question I keep finding myself answer or asking without an answer is why is it that User A, who is maybe sharing their weight loss journey or their fitness journey or their self improvement journey, whether it's whether it's fictional, factual, or otherwise, if they're sharing that, especially some of the ones that share it for their own personal accountability, so they have a, a digital, um, you know, digital archive, uh, a trail. Because you and I have talked about this with podcasting too. Is this is really just kind of like for our grandkids more than anything else I think you actually said that the other day but why is that person documenting their journey in a digital way that's shared publicly I mean if someone else feels shame because of that how is that social media's fault I guess
0: very good question very good point so it's like trying to balance yourself on a razor blade you know ouch I can, <laughs> yeah but besides being the ouch it's very difficult to do on one hand, if you're the skinny type, you know, then I guess it's, you're going to look at the world as going, oh, those, you know, th- that, that isn't a problem showing your weight loss history. And if you are the opposite time and you've struggled and, and somebody is showing their new plastic surgery or showing their new, you know, wearing a bikini and all their photos, you're right. That's a, that's an internal problem. That's not a problem of the person posting it. But guess what we reward, Bob? We reward the person who's not like you um, because that person in the bikini is getting all the likes and you're not. So it's not that that person in the bikini is doing it wrong or anything like that. It's the mental health consequence of viewing. And it is internal. It is a it is a personal problem to look at somebody in that bikini and go, oh, well, I'm not as good as them. Therefore, that's why they're getting all their likes and I'm not getting any It's because I'm fat. And it turns into that feedback loop.
1: Now, does social media amplify the effects? Because we could look around ourselves in the real world, or maybe that's the problem. We're not looking around ourselves in the actual physical world. But I'm just like, I, I wanna say this over and over and over again because a lot of times when I speak and I say the things that I say, I can come off as being very much of an ass. And I know that this is a real thing for, for very many people. But I'm trying to figure out through this conversation, like, where the, like, obviously social media is propelling this, but I I don't understand, I'm trying to wrap my head around how and why. So
0: uh, I'll try to understand it by this analogy. So I just came back from Disney World. When you're at Disney World, you're surrounded by tons of people. The people who are at Disney World, and think of it the same way as people at the airport, you know, where there's lots of people. Do not look like a walking Instagram. What they do is they look not like Instagram. So, what I'm trying to say is, Instagram does not reflect reality because it's the highlight reel. It's the when I was skinny, but now I'm actually fat. So, I haven't posted my real image until I lose another 10 pounds and then I'll post it again. Here's an updated image. Hi, everyone. You know, hit like or, you know, share my new story, you know. (laughs) So, what I'm saying is, social media enables us to be fake. And I don't think that's a novel concept, but I'm just saying next time you're at the airport, next time you're at Disney world, look around and go, yeah, we're fat as a society. (laughs) Yeah, we are. And Instagram does not reflect that at all.
1: Yeah. But in that same token though, when you're out in public like that, you could be the Instagram to somebody else. Like if you're walking through the park with your family and you're smiling and you're laughing and you're having a good time. And then there's some other family that their child's having a meltdown because they haven't been fed properly today or it's hot and they're sweaty, or they're just not in shape to be in the park for 10 hours, you know, they might look at you and, you know, have that, not FOMO, but almost like disdain because it yes. looks like in that moment you are living the perfect so, life. So that's a very good
0: um, point you make. And I think that's that's really the underlying um, disdain that we have for each other on social media. It's like, oh, well this oh well that i don't really like you so i will find a reason to not like you now for the record i had plenty of meltdowns from one of my kids (laughs) at disney so um i'm sure uh i wasn't that too by the way (laughs) um but uh i i take your point and because we're constantly even though we say hey don't judge people well, you know what we do? We do threat assessments. When you're walking around and you see s- people, you do an immediate threat assessment. Hey, is this person going to hurt me or my children? And the other things we also do is go, hmm, is that person... How does that person stack up to me? And I don't... It, I may sound like a horrible person for saying this, but I think everyone kind of kind of looks at a person and just does
1: a quick evaluation. What, no, what that's, that a, that's yields, exactly what I'm trying to get to for sure is that measurement. Why do we... Wh- have we started measuring ourselves against each other more because of social media or have we actually always been doing that? Oh,
0: we've definitely always been doing that. And to your point, I think social media amplifies it because it's, it's hyper filtered. It's like enriching uranium that's gone through the centrifuge. It's now highly enriched. So we have highly enriched Instagram highlight reels where it's just like, wait a second you didn't look like that last week. Where's this picture from? But, you know, I know that because I know you personally. However, to somebody who doesn't know somebody, you know, the last 30 pictures they posted, they look amazing. Well, yeah, that was from five years ago. Or, you know, it's all been curated.
1: Well, I think the always on aspect of it too, because if you're only, let's say that we've always been terrible people and we always have been measuring ourselves against others. There's, several hours in the day without electronics and social media where you're just not out in public to measure yourself against everyone. Now that doesn't say you aren't doing it Yeah. in the quiet sadness of your room, but at least you're not looking, you know, historically, we weren't looking at 24 seven, feeds of everyone's highlight reel. Uh,
0: agreed. And no. Uh, so I, I agree with what you're saying. But there's no buts. I agree with what you're saying. And I think from the minute humanity was put on this earth, we are constantly evaluating ourselves against each other. We either say, yes, I don't want to be like that person. Yes, I want to be like that person. Yes, I'm doing better than that person. No, I'm not doing as great as that person. It's just something I think our psychology does. And that's where it comes back to the um, balancing on the the razor. You're either... Liking that person or not liking that person, but you can flip flop between the two, and rarely do you enter this equilibrium. And I I know it's PC to say, well, don't judge people, but we totally judge people um, based on our experience and threat assessments and things like that. We, as humans, I think we actively have to suppress that primal instinct because I I really feel it's a primal instinct to judge yourself for somebody. It you know, if, if you've ever been in a fight, Bob uh
1: sure <laughs> okay so what a fight will tell you is a fight both or flight competitive it, both competitive and not competitive <laughs> there you go
0: oh duh, martial arts so so but i'm talking a street fight have you ever been in a
1: street fight i've been in a non-competitive fight yes
0: okay there you go it's natural to have a fight or flight and what determines that isn't the factory pattern in C-sharp if you're a programmer. What determines that is a primal instinct to go, I've evaluated the situation, go. But I don't think your evaluation happens only in a fight situation. I think it just happens as part of a natural scanning my environment as I walk, as I, I'm evaluating my current area my situation for better or for worse we are constantly evaluating threats and statuses Um, you know we do it with uh, dating hey that person would be a good mate no that person would not be a good mate for me and here's why Um, things like that I think there's a lot of subliminal things there
1: right and I'm just saying that I I'm in agreeing that social media because it's ubiquitous and always accessible via our portable devices that we don't get that mental break that we should from the constant evaluating so amplifies okay moving on so the next thing uh that social media
0: can do is cause sleep problems um and that's really kind of a snowball effect of the anxiety that you may have gotten the FOMO that you may have gotten but it creates
1: sleep problems Have you ever had sleep problems with social media Bob Mm, see I'm gonna I'm kind of like the anti-pattern to a lot of this conversation (laughs) so I believe um, you but uh (laughs) I think some of that. So you've got the the cascading from the depression, which is going to cause sleep problems. Um, But then there's also the blue light aspect of the devices too, right? Yes. Um, Speaking of which, do you ever get phantom vibrations? I used to a lot more than I do now because since I've been working from home for so long, I don't keep my phone on my person. When I was it, working out in the real world, my phone was on my person much more. And so, yeah, I would get phantom pocket vibrations. I
0: still get them. And the phone does not even need to be in my pocket. And it's really Well,
1: weird. yeah, that's usually what happens when they're phantom is, but I'm just used right. to not having my device attached to my body. As so much the as blue
0: light to. syndrome, I think is what you call it. It's the constant need to have that phone close by and
1: to check. Or when you see the blue light, you gotta you got to address it. What is it, right? But there's also um, a physiological effect from the actual light that's emitted from our electronic devices, though. Like they they, they have the filters that you can use to filter out the blue light, or the screen adjustments that that take the blue out as the day wears on. So there must be something not just the social, so not just the psychological aspects of social media, but the actual physical effects from uh, yeah radiating sure. screens. Yeah, and that's where the sleep is also physiological, you know, it's it's affecting your actual
0: body in some ways.
1: But if you're someone who's always refreshing your screen though to look at the feed, then if you do leave your notifications on or you don't mute your notifications at night, yeah, you're always going to be tempted to pick that up when it vibrates or, you know, when you see the light flash or whatever. All right. The next one I don't one use I... any of those notifications by the way. Do you? Uh no. Okay, because it's just one of those, I guess, like a self-defense mechanism that I discovered a long time ago is that usually my phone is face down. I don't have any kind of like vibration or anything when something does happen. So I don't know until I actually pick up my device. I I definitely used to have those, but part of the mitigation I stuck a pin in, we'll
0: talk a little bit about some of those strategies. So uh, kind of a trivial or if you will trite um, negative side effect is the, the concept of fake internet friends, basically only being friends with people you've actually never physically met and being upset, even if you have met them or not, when they unfriend you or unfollow you. Ever, ever manifested that sort of thing? I definitely have where it's like I get upset about somebody who doesn't follow my social media anymore or we're no longer you, you're on Facebook back in the day wait a second, why isn't
1: Timmy showing up in my feeds anymore? <gasps> he unfriended me, right? So once again, I'm probably an anti-pattern here because I very rarely look at who is following me versus like, you know, like I don't look at my friends list on Facebook. I should monitor and audit it more, truthfully, but I don't. I just, once again, I, I think I look at these things as more of tools than than uh, than whatever the alternative would be. Like I'm not- connected to them as much
0: so the who you follow not necessarily who follows you but who you follow um will define what shows up in your feed and what i've seen yes recently, and no yes ish right yeah because the algorithm will totally hose that up <laughs> yeah because i've unfollowed a lot of people and their stuff still shows up in my timeline because somebody i follow hit like or retweet on their timeline and if you really want them to be off there you got to mute them which is uh yeah, that's a thing. It's an expensive
1: um, click is what it is. I mean, it's it's a high cost interaction.
0: So, uh, shoot, we're, I lost my th- thread here. Okay, anyway, moving along here. Uh, another negative side effect is self-absorption, meaning likes, retweets, and followers turn you into an asshole because it builds you up to the point where you believe your own hype, to the point where you're just an asshole. I call it the Trump effect, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I, I would say of anything that we've mentioned so far, FOMO and this one are probably the ones that like, but given the fact that none of my shit's actually very popular, it doesn't happen very often.
0: <laughs> I, I, I definitely do. I'm guilty of tweet storms just because when I have a, what I've... I feel like I'm the comedian who's just not funny and and, in social media is just like the worst place for comedy, at least if you're me because most people just think you're you're like doing some asshole thing. I'm like, no, don't you see the irony? I've juxtaposed
1: these two things here. And
0: Kevin, if you have to explain it, it's not funny.
1: Uh, I think we know a fellow comic that would agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, (laughs) social media is hard for comedians. Yeah, it is. Um, (laughs) comments on
0: youtube so i mentioned i'm i'm back doing some light youtube and i read some like you know they'll hold some comments in review for you and i made the mistake
1: of reading through those a brilliant holy shit a brilliant man uh once said never read the comments but as i made
0: joe rogan (laughs) as i made mention to you when we did talk about this offline the the irony is is what do we do bob what what are we going to do in this episode
1: yeah, we're gonna tell people to tweet at us and all that shit. And yes, we sh- we're trying to engage with our listeners, but YouTube comments are the worst. <laughs> YouTube comments
0: are the absolute worst, and it's I I don't know
1: what makes them the absolute worst, but maybe it's a I don't know. But, but let th- me let me ask you this serious question though, because so someone puts an awful YouTube comment on something that you've created. Yes, you've put your heart and soul and your time and energy into it. But you don't know that person. Like why would that why would their trollish behavior have a negative impact on your psyche? It's
0: totally subjective to the receiver, meaning the person who just received that asshole comment. So I I have on occasion gotten upset and then I have to talk myself off the ledge, if you will, to go, you know what? Bob's right. I don't know this person. This person <laughs> is nobody. Um, and because the asshole is usually actually it's always been somebody you don't know. So you're hundred percent right. The fear I have is I have children, two of which that are on social media at this point. One is a teenager, which he can handle himself pretty good. The other one is uh, almost a teenager and he's the one that's
1: going to just absolutely not understand at
0: all that without dad.
1: Well, there. yeah, that's a huge parenting opportunity for sure. I would love to find out from your oldest like how much shit he gets on social media. Um Yeah, cuz he uh, really puts uh, himself out there. So I mean, and he, he does
0: every now and then, but I think he does the right thing which is see social media for what it is, like you're saying. Yeah. If it's somebody it's twi- you know that then there's malice. If there's somebody you don't know, there's just an asshole. And, it's and an if there's MP one comment. thing
1: that's 100% sure, haters are always going to hate. Haters going to hate. Gonna hate.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so another, I think this is my last thing about the negatives is, uh, I have two two more negatives here. So your local news, Bob, are they doing a whole lot of pieces on
1: great things that happened? I'm sorry. Did you just say the term local news? Does that even I exist? <laughs> yes, it does. I'm sure that in the last closing 45 seconds of a six o'clock broadcast, there's the, uh, the allegedly upbeat oddity (laughs) for the day, the token good news article. Yeah. Your story. So little Joey down the block, his puppy or his dog had 17 puppies yesterday. Aren't (laughs) they just adorable? Roll the the credits. (laughs) Right. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go with a, yeah, a, a cold out or whatever it's called.
0: So, yeah. So, The news thrives on bad news, not good news. If it bleeds, it leads, right? So I think social media embodies that as well because I think the algorithms reward extremism. The more extreme you are,
1: the more interaction you get. 100% social media algorithms favor outrage. So outrage, We, we never had the
0: phrase outrage culture before social media, did we? Probably not. We've got a lot of terms. Cancel culture, outrage culture. What other fun terms do we have
1: like that? Virtue signaling. Yep. Although that's probably always been there. Subtweeting. That's the other one. I don't even I- understand subtweeting.
0: Alright, I'm gonna cover that in a minute here. All right, the next uh, the next uh, negative here is people can weaponize social media depending on how they phrase the question, how they phrase the poll. Now, this is not new in polling. Depending on how you ask a question, what answers you you like, if it's a multiple choice, you can absolutely force people to give you the outcome they want. So much like that, depending on how you phrase your tweet, you can actually make it easy for people to like and retweet. But if you con- you're you like, no, 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 I don't believe that. There's no dislike button. You have to hit reply and and now on Twitter, those can get hidden. So it's like, um, you know... Oh,
1: the dislike button would be a total disaster, though. Like, it that would be the worst cyberbullying ever. But YouTube has it. it Thumbs has down. down. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that, but that's the only you, one, right? YouTube's a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, it is. So, but I, I feel like you can leverage the idea that you can only be positive or no interaction to your favor by... by Forming your tweet that if you get low interaction or a lot of likes, you can move your thought along as opposed to people who want to
1: contradict you really don't have any tools to do so. Right. When you said weaponized, though, I thought you were going to use the example of someone who has a lot of followers and then tells or encourages the followers to go. Twitter, like, do your thing. Yup, do your thing. Exactly.
0: Ah, God, I hate those tweets. Um, OK, so. I'm going to move into specifically on Twitter and we can we can see if this applies to the other platforms. And I realize this is going to be a longer episode than Bob is comfortable with, but I digress. So I, I made a list of the t- different types of way people can use social media with alternate intentions, if you will. Um, meaning... I'm intrigued. Meaning... If I were to write a straw man tweet, Bob, do you understand what I'm getting at? Uh, no. Okay. So a straw man, I'm a simple, I'm a simple man. An argument that is a straw man argument is easily defeated by the person asking the question.
1: Meaning, well, well, that's every argument that's ever posted on Twitter. It's not, but but (laughs) here's an example.
0: So So, you know. If I have to listen to one more person say, I can't do XYZ, i Z, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then they get a bunch of uh, likes and retweets. But if you sit there and ask yourself, well, how can you contradict that argument? You can't. And also, you can't actually prove that the situation actually occurred, that somebody wronged you. So it's a very common tweet type that you can basically just create a crisis that didn't exist, easily defeat it, and come out looking like you were virtuous.
1: Yeah, but I would also argue that that's existed since the beginning of time in social, you know, that's gossip right. circles too. It is, but now we've we've amplified. We,
0: we've now made this possible to do on on a scale, on a global scale. Exactly. Now the next one is a humble brag. Bob, are you familiar with the humble brag? Oh yeah, I saw one today, and I don't follow her anymore. But somebody liked it, and it showed up in my timeline. I'm about to speak before three thousand people today. I don't know, you know, if that's a good thing or not. And it's just like, wait a second.
1: Let's so the de- humble the humble part comes in with the end statement, right? Because I mean, yes. Why wouldn't you just say, hey, good for me. I just got a I just got uh uh I'm accepted. Excited. Yeah, I got accepted yeah. to speak at a large conference. Woohoo! So to do a to pull off a humble brag, you have to
0: basically um, make it sound like you're humble. But what you got to do is you got to insert something that makes you sound like you're doing well. Like, Hey, I'm speaking in front of 3000 people. That's really my message. The message is, is I want everyone to know how, how amazing of things that I'm doing, but we'll back it off and we'll wrap it in being humble by saying, I don't know if I can do this. The slides are hard or whatnot.
1: So yeah, that's probably how I know that I'm an ass. Cause I would never like, I mean, I'm pretty good at self-deprecation. Don't get me wrong, but when something good happens to me, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I earned that."
0: <laughs> so that that is the humble brag. Uh, now the next one is the sycophant. Are you familiar with the term sycophant? <sighs> it's usually negative.
1: Uh, well, it's it's a pejorative, so it's I, not meant to be a compliment to somebody if right, you call
0: it a sycophant. Right.
1: I'm not. I don't have the definition handy, so help me out. Help so my brother out. It's
0: essentially drinking the Kool Aid.
1: So and so says puppies are are evil. Therefore,
0: I killed one. Here's the video, and everyone likes it because they just want the adulation of the person who made the original. P- so it's a f- it's basically going to a famous or more famous person, and for lack, of, I'm trying to keep this PC. Um,
1: so being keeping- a sheep, so being a sheep because someone, some wolf said that that's what you should do, and now and- you. And Accuade you're hoping you're hoping to
0: gain their love and affection by by agreeing with everything they do. So that's what the sycophant. is like, It's basically providing no. And we see this a lot with Trump, right, where the dude is doing X, Y, Z. And then the Republicans. Go, yep. He's he's an amazing man. He's our <laughs> guy. Like, Wait, what are you talking about? He just murdered somebody on Fifth Avenue. I know. But he did it so great, didn't he? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's he, nobody doesn't like that guy. He didn't so, get caught. <laughs> yeah. So there's the sycophant. Uh, there's the question. And this one's this. So the previous three annoy the shit out of me the straw man, the humble rag, and the sycophant. The question one is generally a neutral. It's basically like, hey, I have this poll, answer it. However, you can turn it into a negative by simply adjusting what it is your, uh, answers are. Now, the one I saw that was kind of funny today, and it was a poll. I had two questions. Should you unit test? The first
1: answer was yes. The second answer was see results. <laughs> you couldn't say no. Right, 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 right. I've seen that technique. I think that's more humor than anything else, yeah. but it's also so that, a subtle way to say that my belief is correct, that you should yes. always unit test. And if you think differently, go F yourself. So, so now you're
0: starting to see the pattern here when you can kind of categorize tweets when they say one thing, but they totally mean another. And as a society, I asked the other day, are, are we are we smart enough to know what the true intentions of these tweets are? And I really don't think we are. I really don't. And I'm just as susceptible. I'm not like, well, yeah, I can spot these coming a mile away. I, not all the time, can I? But. I really don't think the lay person, especially on like a Facebook or whatnot, I don't think they understand what is actually the psychology of these messaging in 240 characters.
1: Well, someone's always going to lead and someone's always going to follow. And I don't necessarily like. So if someone is, you know, the question one, especially who cares again, if I'm going to engage with that, then for my entertainment value or because I feel like I'm contributing to some greater conversation that I don't, if, if the guys, or if the person tweeting it, their original intention was just to be a total jag that that's neither hither nor thither, I guess. Well, what me. I'm trying
0: to, what I'm trying to paint an overall picture here in this podcast is, is we live in a fake world where nothing is what it seems. And social media is that vehicle. And it's actually very taxing on the mind to be able to sort through all of these things, to be able to push off these primal feelings of why do I feel like I'm missing out? I shouldn't. Why do I feel like I don't like that person? They're clearly having fun. The problem is with me. Why? Why do I have this problem? And you'll see those tweets often. You shouldn't hate so and so because they're having fun. And in of itself, that message is correct. But it's also virtue signaling, which is next on my list. <laughs> Bob, what is the virtue signal?
1: Virtue signaling is basically when you put something out there in whether you do it or not, which the hypocrisy part is when you're not doing it, but you're really just putting it out there. So people believe that you are, whether it's true or not. It's basically, I
0: I made a statement against somebody else to show that I'm more virtuous than some other group that may or may not actually exist. It just, well,
1: and you could actually, I mean, it could just be like, you know, all of us should volunteer at least five hours a week at the dog shelter. But that person doesn't volunteer. Probably doesn't shelter. do any
0: volunteering whatsoever. <laughs> That's
1: right. a virtue signal. All right. So there's that one.
0: Uh, there's also the TIL and the TFW. Are you familiar with those two acronyms on Twitter? Nope. Today I learned and that feeling when. And those are usually pretty
1: benign. Oh, um, till
0: I learned? What was it, Today, today I or TIL is today I learned. Today
1: I learned. Oh, like I was this many days old. I was today's days old when, yeah. Oh. Well, today I learned is like, hey, instead of typing out today, I learned that
0: I am um, I could do this in Visual Studio. I'll just put TIL. So that's just an acronym sh- to shorten those because we got 240 characters. So real estate, right? And then the next one is TFW, which is that feeling when it's usually uh, got an emoji or a meme after it. And both of those are typically pretty benign. You, you don't get people twisting those. But there's those. Two. Well,
1: but that could be like you know, that you know, people making that post to try to build themselves up, but then in reality, it actually f- helps to tear someone else down. You know, oh yeah, that that it's feeling that when something super awesome happens to me, too bad it didn't happen to you, kind of thing. Right. Yep, and that could be one
0: of those uh, virtue signals or humble brags, so like today. That feeling when you get to drive that new Tesla Roadster—it's like, right? Uh, yeah, I guess you're better than all of us. Thanks, because yeah, you're you're. Yeah, I mean, even though that person's just like, "Hey, I'm just happy I'm driving a Tesla Roadster," you know, I tweeted that I was at the SpaceX thing, you know, so somebody's probably like, huh, "Kevin thinks he's cool, right?" Because he's 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 at Kennedy Space Center right now. Whatever.
1: I'm like, no, this is just cool. So it's all about perspective, right? That's where it gets totally dicey, and that once again, I think that. You know, not to sound like an asshole, but that's where it's a you problem, not a we problem. Well, most of
0: all this is you problems
1: because, you know, there is groupthink and I didn't really put that on my
0: list. Groupthink where we're, it's more like the sycophants. Yeah, that's more
1: like the Twitter do your thing.
0: Uh, The next one I'm a thousand percent guilty of. It's the cynic tweet. You know, it's, I'm like the biggest cynic on Twitter. That's like my shtick. You know, um, I try to make them humorous, but they usually just come off as being, yeah, Kevin, you just hate everything. You probably hate peanut butter and jelly too, Kevin. We get it. You know, so whatever. <laughs> I actually like PB&J. So. <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, all right. So there's the cynic. There's the praise. So this one seems fairly... Um, benign so it's hey good job whatever but I had an interaction with someone and I, I said it in tweet where I'm like wait a second you just weaponize kindness because it's like I'd like to thank X Y and Z knowing full well that they didn't thank A B and C who were on the other side of this argument so it's like wait a second
1: well but that could also be a virtue signal that could also be a sycophant that could be I mean there's all it, that crosses all kinds of different ones Exactly. So uh, there's that. Um, so to go with the cynic one, there's the optimist
0: and pessimistic tweet. There's definitely people who are the eternal optimists in their tweeting. And there are people, the eternal pessimist <laughs> in their tweeting. Uh, and then there's the people who uh, try to be pragmatic in their tweets. And again, uh, I don't want to sound like I don't do any of these. I'm not virtue signaling on this podcast. I have done every single
1: one of these, just to be clear. <laughs> so, um, I'm that. sure I've... Unintentionally done many of them too, but I will virtue signal here to say that I just like I'm the guy who I could live happily on a fake movie set until I needed to take a shit. You know what, what I mean? Does that even mean? That, <laughs> I have no idea what that. That means. means that I can I can happily live with all these terrible things on social media until I need something from it that it can't give me. Like there's no real plumbing on a fake movie set. But my nah. gosh, it looks so great. It's so perfect. It's everything you'd ever want until you have to use the bathroom. I, I guess the thing that grinds my gears <laughs> is is social media is very disingenuous.
0: You look at this, the feeds of people's Instagram, that's their best foot forward. You, you you only see the front lot, not the back lot, if it's a movie. You're not seeing that. That's just a facade of a building, not the actual building behind it.
1: Right, but I don't know if we're going to get the, to the mitigation and the coping mechanisms, but if you go into your social media interactions with that frame of mind, wouldn't that help mitigate all those other negatives? Uh, if you're aware of them.
0: So part of this podcast and my next tweet type is awareness. You have to be aware There's more
1: tweet types. Jesus. There's more.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to wrap this up. So, so, you have the, the here's my cause, here's my awareness, here's my Patreon, here's my, you know, we're a walk in laps for cancer. It's breast cancer awareness month. So, those are generally pretty safe. But I would also like to, this podcast to make people be aware that tweets are not, or in social media in general, are not what they claim to be at face value. And I would love everyone to kind of look at it that way and go, look, this is not reality. This is fake. You need to understand this is fake because if you're like a small child, like my younger kid, younger kids, they have no idea what I just said. And I have to be able to hold their hand and go, "Look, somebody really doesn't hate you because they hit the down arrow on that your YouTube video." You know, don't take it that way. You you you're not a bad videographer because you have 25 subscribers and I have 26. You know, you know, don't take it that way. Now I think there are
1: adults, though. Or you could parent like I do and say, or you could be a bad videographer, but who cares?
0: <laughs> well, there's that, too. Usually how I say that is, hey, you know what? We've all got our own style. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's usually how I say it. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who grew up, at, you know, who are 20-somethings who do take social media super serious and don't oh, understand that there's 100%. there's a psychology behind every crafted social media thing whether it's a, just an image on Instagram whether it's a video on Facebook or uh, on YouTube whether it's a stupid post on Facebook and whatever so i would just the reason i wa- i made this list is cuz i'm i had this realization not that long ago you know what there's actually different types of tweets and there's different reasons for why they worded them and let's talk through them so when you see one you can go oh that's that's a uh that's a humble brag you know just you know whatever there's just that's a humble brag they just want you to know they have three thousand people in front of them and that's fine but just understand that you don't have to equal that somehow in your mind you're not bad person because of that
1: Right. So you're approaching this from the aspect that if you can identify these things, that is step one to be able to manage your reaction to them.
0: In, yeah. In order to have a vaccination, if you will, against the negative harm or negative effects of social media. If you're aware of how it works from a on that level, you're more easier to slough it off, as opposed to if you don't understand these things, you're going to take it as a full direct shot to the to the mental health.
1: Right. So if I make this statement, I want you to just kind of validate it or debate it. So we keep saying that social media has all this negative, but isn't it kind of like the sun in and of itself is not necessarily negative? It provides vitamin D, helps the plants grow, yada, yada, yada. But if you take and put a magnifying glass between you and the sun, it can create all kinds of damage. Yes. So he's so so people in this in this metaphor, people are the bad things. Yes. And social media is just the magnifying glass that makes it all sting so much more. So I'm gonna call out the brothers' weems, Kyle and
0: Conrad. They're gonna be like, God dang it, what oh, dang it. I'm going to bring up a Star Trek reference. Star Trek The Next Generation, the entire seven seasons are about how human... It's not about spaceships. I know it's about spaceships. It's not about spaceships because it's
1: about how humanity sucks ass. Sorry, it, Kyle and Conrad. Your show is based on a false premise. It's not about spaceships. <laughs> I would argue that Star Trek Next Generation
0: is about how humans suck. In so many ways. And they 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 tell you every in 45 minute increments, (laughs) they tell you over seven seasons about how humanity is bad. And the show itself is the vehicle to communicate this where social media isn't inherently bad. Like you're saying, humans are what's bad. Social media is what puts it into your freaking veins. It's the delivery mechanism and it's potent as shit, right? That is intravenous. It's not just, hey, I've got to buy a box of social media and eat it when I want. No, this shit's connected right to your veins and it goes right in because we're all
1: addicted to it. So knowing everything that we've outlined, how do we better equip our younger folks and even folks our age to better manage their experience around social media. It's a good thing I have this little section called mitigation, Pop. And that was
0: a beautiful segue here. Because you're probably like, God dang this is like an over an hour already. <laughs> so um many many people need to detox off social media. And I'm gonna run through my list that I put together. So one thing that I started doing is I, I figured out that I started doing a lot of social media at night so I'll sit there and watch TV but I'm not really watching TV I'm scrolling through my phone so fortunately my phone's old and shitty and the battery doesn't last very long so what I started doing is I I put the phone on a charger in a different room at night right before I'm probably gonna pass out watching some Netflix show so that's one way I separate myself physically from social media do you ever do similar things all the time and would you say it's effective
1: Oh, yeah, but I'm, like, the typical, like, I can quit anytime I want addict, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can quit. I, I don't have a problem. That's everybody else. <laughs> that's right. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> um, so the
0: next thing that I've done is I've removed the app icon from my phone desktop. Now, you can do that on Android. I don't know that you can do that on iPhone. Just Oh, you, yeah, you, you can. Okay, so you don't have to have, because I'm thinking of my iPad, where if you want the icon off the desktop, you're uninstalling it.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's really not an expensive click to reinstall it. I mean, my wife well, man- manages her social media exactly that way. She will uninstall apps.
0: Well, so if I if I really get like, okay, I need to detox, I will uninstall. But there's there's kind of a halfway house there on Android. You can just hide the icon and then you have to go through the searching of the apps to actually pull it up. So that's the current drug I'm on right now. Uh, is where I I actually have to go find the app. So if you remove the app totally, that's more helpful because now you have to go find the frickin' browser, and then you also don't get notifications by default, right? Well,
1: yeah, if it's uninstalled, it's off.
0: So that's another good way. And then we already mentioned this uh, disabling notifications altogether is good because the blue light syndrome.
1: Is that a real thing? Well... The notification syndrome, that's the whole dopamine thing. The blue thing that I was referring to was the negative impact of blue light on your sleep. Like the actual light. Oh, I thought you meant the blue flashy light. Like I got a notification. No, 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 no. I meant the blue light that screens give us. Oh, man. But but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just, I I think the biggest fix is just not having the the first thing you mentioned. Just don't have your device near you when you want alone, quiet time. Well, and to be honest, I've been yelled at
0: quite often by my wife. Kevin, put the phone down. It's dinner time, and you know I feel bad when she has to say something. So that's a problem.
1: There's an ongoing discussion in our family that the perception is is that I'm always connected. That's the perception, but the reality is there are many times where I'm the only one that's not on my device. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> they, they, I don't. So it's weird. I mean. Like I said earlier, I don't, I don't feel like I, um, I don't feel like I'm challenged by a lot of these challenges, but I totally appreciate and understand that they're real. But you know, once again, I could, I could just be a high functioning addict too. So, so the next thing is, is Apple natively will let you track how
0: much you use an app, right?
1: Yeah, that thing's bullshit too, though. And
0: I downloaded one for Android because I have an older version. Maybe it's native to Android now. I started using that, and I uninstalled it. It's just, it's just not feasible. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's like putting the alcohol behind a glass door with no lock. Well, I can just disable this app. You know, it's like
1: eh, I can just sidestep this. Well, and a lot of times, what it does is like the Apple one. Yes, it will track individual apps, but the big number that it gives you is how many times, how many minutes your screen was activated. And 100% honesty, I find myself looking at my weather app way more than I look at all the other apps. That I have. <laughs> so that still counts as negative screen time, you know? So. Uh,
0: I don't know what the phenomena is, but every now and then, actually not every now, regularly, I'll need to open a browser and go to my go-to site. Hey, is there anything on my go-to site that's changed? And oftentimes that's like a CNN or the local news. I I mean they're all right in my browser history and they're readily accessible. Do you ever do that?
1: Nah. I mean, I I don't really use the browser on my phone that much at all. So. Wow. Okay, that's fair. Well, no, all but right. I, I go direct to the apps. I mean, trust me, it's just as bad. I just don't. The browser's not one of my tools on my phone. It really right. isn't. So uh,
0: last one I got here is do real world things. Meaning, I mean, I play guitar on Sundays. Amen. Amen. And, I, and I do woodworking when, I, when I'm when not playing guitar on Sundays. So um, those, you know, it's like really weird. Do stuff in the real world.
1: But I think that that's a huge challenge for our young people for sure because they might feel like they're busy all the time. But in reality, they do have tons of idle time.
0: So that is my mitigations. I did miss two tweet types that I want to cover real quick. Humor. That's humor. And then I forgot to cover subtweeting. Damn you and your tweet types. I know, right? (laughs) Subtweeting for the lay listener means subliminal tweeting. I didn't know that until not that long ago. And what subtweeting is, is basically what I used to call vague tweets. And a vague tweet to me was you mentioned something, but you don't mention their name. And it's almost worse than directly mentioning someone because a vague tweet means everyone internalizes your tweet
1: as being, oh, does he mean me? You're so vain. I I bet bet you you think think this this tweet is about (laughs) you. Don't you? Don't you? (laughs) Uh, You could buy our album. Yes. Download Uh, it on SoundCloud. (laughs) All right, Bob. That's probably a record. Uh, Subtweeting uh, is the worst type of tweeting ever. It happens on all social media platforms, too. It, and it's just like, what the heck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, I.
1: it is. I almost feel it's
0: better to name names <laughs> than to not name names, because at least the person who's going to get pissed off is one person as well, opposed to everyone.
1: It's super annoying and super cowardly. It's just basically like digitally talking under your breath. It's like, yep. yeah, you're a total asshole. What did you say? Who's a total <laughs> asshole? Me? <laughs> oh, well, what I do, man? No, 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 no it wasn't you. And I, you just, get- I just subtweeted IRL <laughs> I in real s- life.
0: Acronym hell.
1: All right, Bob, what do we forget? Uh, we forgot to solve the problem, but I think we did give some, uh, hopefully we gave some, I don't know, they're not really thoughtful. They're kind of like, duh. But a lot of times when we're in the fight, we forget about those easy kind of escape routes so hopefully just the discussion of being able how to identify some of this stuff giving it a name recommending some thoughts on how you can mitigate uh, and you know maybe we actually did do something with this episode i don't know
0: yeah wow only time will tell so for me yeah it's it's all about recognizing we live in a fake world like we've always lived in with as you know kids with movies television and and uh music where it's that's not reality Um, but now it's much more accessible this fake reality and people have figured out very good psychological ways for these different social media types to kind of spark engagement for lack of a better term but it's also again it's probably not the message that you think it is it's these like subliminal uh, messaging and yeah (laughs) go do real world things it's actually weird that we have to tell people that these days
1: So if you made it to the end of this uh, epic length episode, please, uh, you know, send us a virtue signal or any of the other tweet types and uh, say that you made it to the end. I want want it to be in the tweet. We made it to the end.
0: Anything else? It doesn't count.
1: It doesn't count.
0: Um, you can always uh, try to hit us up for a sticker Um, I've got a huge pile sitting in front of me because our engagement even though we won it we don't get it and even if we do get it maybe we won't read it no we will we will totally read it
1: just don't email us because I can't remember the last time I checked the email yeah
0: don't email us direct message us on the Twitters right
1: yeah Um, and I have a special surprise coming soon too I'll, I'll share it when I get it
0: well that's a tease it is a tease I don't even know what it is.
1: I know you don't. Uh, All right, y'all. What kind of tweet type was that? Anyway. That was a tease tweet. (laughs) Till next time, we out. Hey, have you ever
0: wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via
1: email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com.
0: Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Show. Or on Instagram
1: as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com
0: slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect.